This is Shabbat from uh, the book Whispers from the Moon. Every Friday, I kissed his raspy hand after he placed it on my small head, wild with curls, quietly mumbling a prayer of protection. His eyes closed, like God took over for a moment and through my grandpa's body whispered, You are loved. I miss those chaotic family dinners, dozens of us gathered around, the kids' table congested with laughter and yelling, small Egyptian-decorated plates overflowing with homemade challah breads and hummus spreads, a rainbow of colors, each representing our history, our family, our past, present, future, traditions I will pass to my own family, preserved like milk and honey. Shalom, brothers and sisters. That was an insanely beautiful poem by our friend Lee Broda, who, I say your last name right, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Broda, thank you. <laughs> she is um, joining us today on our podcast. And before I give your bio, I have to say that I loved that. And, and Shabbat Shalom. And Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> um, I love it just brings me back to because like you're Israeli and mm-hmm. an Israeli Shabbat table is the most special place on earth. I think it's mm-hmm. like you're right. It's our past and our present and our future. And it's just so cool. I loved I loved that. So thank you. Um, Lee is an Israeli born poet, actor and producer whose intelligent and passionate creative drive is known globally. As the founder of LB Entertainment, which develops finances and produces major independent films, she has shepherded over 35 films to success. Additionally, Lee is the founder of the group Women Creating Change, an organization that bridges, empowers, and creates opportunities for female writers, directors, producers, and actors from the Middle East. Broda's first collection of poetry, Whispers of the Moon, is an evoking visceral prose that shares uncensored stories of her life, a means to her exploration through the journey of finding her voice. So welcome. Hello. (laughs) Shalom. (laughs) So we're here, we're live at the Venetian for this podcast. Well, we're live right now, but it's not airing live. live. (laughs) That's true, because Alex is going to edit it. But we're live right now. Um, You may or may not listen to this on Shabbat, but we are recording on Shabbat. So we thought that was a a very appropriate poem. And uh, we wanted to start with our... Boys and joy. <laughs> so I'm starting. Yeah, go for it. Okay, mine are pretty short and sweet, but my oi was of the week. Um, I got I I got sick right before leaving for Colorado Springs last. Wow, my days are like really messed up, like two Wednesdays ago, I guess. And so went to Colorado Springs, had a beautiful trip. That's totally my joy was staying at the Broadmoor Hotel. It's like, I don't even know how to explain it. I felt like I was in another country and it was so wonderful. And it was just such a great trip. And I zip lined like 20 football fields. It was just awesome. But I got sick and I had to go to um, quick care and it was just and then I came home and had to go straight to a trade show and I'm never sick so it was really weird and it was really weird and I I hate I'm just never sick so um, I'm over it now that's a joy also but that was such an oy I'm like the timing was terrible but so that was mine you gotta wipe down those airplane seats 
No, I got sick before I went. Everyone's like, it's the altitude, it's the altitude. I'm like, no, I, I got sick yesterday. Oh, okay. But mm -hmm. I powered through, I played tennis. It was so fun. It was just the best trip ever. Awesome. Well, I was also away um, while you were at your trade show um, at the New Cage uh, Jewish Educators Conference in Portland. So when I saw this go up on the schedule, I thought, Portland in July versus Las Vegas in July, pregnant lady, I'm going to Portland. Um, I've been wanting to go to this conference for quite some time, but this was like the perfect opportunity to take one last trip all by myself before this baby comes. Um, and it happened to be, I only did a two day part of the, the four day conference and it happened to be the most beneficial conference I've been to in four or five years, at least. Uh, I learned so much. I went to like five two hour sessions in one day, um, and five the next day. And it was an array of learning and um, mind opening and stuff to bring back to the synagogue from music to education to all kinds of stuff. So that's my joy. Um, my oi was coming back to the heat, but really the oi, the, I think the big oi is that we got news today about another shooting. There was a shooting in Gilroy at the garlic festival, which is so much fun. I went with my friends like 12 years ago. Um, and we that did? whole, yeah, we went on a road trip to San Francisco and That's with Marina cool. and Jade. Yeah. And then hmm. we stopped in Gilroy and went to the garlic festival. That's awesome. You can't, you can't actually explain the way that whole city smells. Like garlic? The whole city. You get out of the car and it's Whoa. garlic. It's like, first it's like cows and then garlic. Like... It's not Ew. necessarily good. It's not necessarily good. But it, it was anyway, it like to think that that family friendly place Yeah, that was terrible. Was that innocence was taken and now a Walmart in El Paso. Terrible. At least fifteen people. That's what's coming in and as as the news have have been killed. I'm really tired of it, guys. I'm really yep. tired of it. So I'm really hoping that That's a big we will see some peace in this world sometime soon. Yes. So and so young, the people perpetrating these acts are so young. That's the weirdest part is like you have a very full life ahead of you if you, I don't know, just very frustrated. Yeah, their parents need to be better parents. Well, I, they do. Not, yes, They're 19 but it's not and 21. Like, I know it's not that simple, but like something went wrong. I agree. There, there's, yeah, people are not taking care of each other, especially. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But let's move to please always Happy enjoy. Um, wow, so many joys and blessings this week because I'm here in Vegas um, for the Mega Action Film Festival, and it was beautiful. I received few awards this week and got Yay. to celebrate. Thank you, my work as a producer and as as a poet here, and they they were really generous uh, with the the way they honored me. So that was a huge joy, and I got to share it with a few of my friends that flew in, especially. Um, and I think my oi is related to that too, because I always say that if my family is not there, it's just not the same. Like a lot of the things I do and achieve is, is because of them and because of their love and support. And also it's just not as special when they're not here. So, yeah. uh, I send them some videos, but yeah, miss them. So they live in Israel still. Yeah. They're mm. all in Israel. So they can't fly all the time when we have things. Right, so. right. It's like I need to do something in Israel. Where do they live in Israel? Um, so my close family all lives in uh, Nesziona, which is a small town south of Tel Aviv. And I have um, aunts and uncles in Rehovot, um, but our core is in Nesziona. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we met Lee 
Israeli dancing. Yes. When we were living in Redondo Beach. Um, it's probably been like, I don't know, how long have we known you? Eight or nine years at least? You you longer, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you were teaching in our religious school, uh, the the Israeli dance the dance chug, um, which is like activity. activity. Um and then it kind of like then you did the we did something called Kochavim, which was like a musical theater thing, and then you taught the dance for that, and then you had your own Israeli dance class, which Ali and I joined, um, yeah, I tried to which was going. super fun, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And then we reconnected when you came out. You were like an executive producer on a movie with Nicolas Cage. I can't remember the name of the movie. What was it? The Trust. Oh yeah, okay. I think it's still on Amazon or Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I saw it cool. Um, so like first you came to teach Israeli dance at near to Mead, and then we went out and like, you're like, Oh, we're going to go to the movie set. And like, Oh look, it's Nicholas Cage. Cool. This is a really fun <laughs> night in downtown Las Vegas. Yeah. You have a cool <laughs> bridge. So, yeah. So that's how we met you. And, um, we've kind of followed you through social media. And then I, I'm curious how you made the leap from Keshet and Israeli dancing to executive producer to now poet. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's not how it all went in order, but it didn't. But yeah, I think it all kind of entwined. Um, so I was always, uh, I always, I was always a performer. So I was a dancer and an actress for many years back in Israel, even. Um, and I started producing. I always think about it because I was like, I was always producing something. I feel like even in high school, I was producing our talent show and like different events. But then I started producing smaller projects to get my SAG card as an actress and get my reel because I was like, I don't have patience to do it the way everyone kind of do it. So I kind of used my own money, produced my first, my first short. Then I produced another short that was based on a poetry. It was kind of a poetry work that I created in my school for the last year that my teacher asked me to perform in front of everyone. And I was like, you know, let make um, like make a short about it because I want to share it with the world. And it, it was entitled Shalom. And it was about hatred and being hatred for speaking a different language and believing in a different God. And it talks a little bit about the conflict back home. Um, Israeli you Arab. Do you still have that? Like, can you yes, yeah, it's it? on YouTube. It's on YouTube? Okay. Yeah, it's I very like amateurish. Like- but I was like, oh my God, compared to my work now. But it was something I created from the heart. And um, I kind of... All my friends came on board and all worked for free. And we shot it at a Shalom Institute in Malibu. Oh, we used cool. the Shalom background. Um, so it was very special. So that was kind of my first piece of poetry slam type of uh, thing that I created. Um, but yeah, while I was teaching dance, that's how I made a living. Um, while I was going to school, I, uh, I started interning for a casting director. So I was started to cast movies. And I met a producer one day, and he was telling me about this amazing script he has about Irina Sandler. And Irina Sandler saved 2,500 kids during the Holocaust. Mm. And she was Polish, and she was a nurse. And they used to go into the ghetto and hide Israeli babies, uh, Israeli, Jewish babies, um, under the ambulance and pile the bodies on top so no one will find them. And he got her life rights, and they created Mm. a Hallmark Wall of Fame um, picture with her story and then they wanted to do the kind of the Hollywood version with like major stars so I read the script and I was like I'll do whatever you want I need to be involved with the story and I started interning for him as well awesome um, and he kind of taught me how to raise money and how to produce and be executive producer it kind of sent me off to the wild and said go bring me money and I was like I'm around broke actors and dancers I don't have anyone in my world that 
that has money at, at that kind of level. And um, I was kind of just sitting in the back and listening to him for a long time. And I was at the office every day with him interning and raised $2 million on my first movie awesome. called Dark Places with Charlize Theron. Um, ended up not having credit on that one, but that was a learning experience, but definitely got paid. And um, yeah, I was with him for about three years. And then when I was brave enough, uh, when I realized I can do it on my own, because um, I was doing my growth kind of journey, becoming, you know, kind of finding your identity and your worth, because um, he was much older. He's a man, and I was always around men in that industry. Mm -hmm. And I uh, started LB Entertainment four years ago, which is, yeah, the company That's awesome. that I make movies now. With. And is that where your organization, Women Creating Change, was inspired from, or not He was really? inspired... Uh, but yeah, one was I wanted to find more women because I was making movies and I wasn't working with many women um, producers and with none that were directors or writers. And I was like, I preach about women empowerment and I'm not working with women. So what do I need to do to change that? So I, the Kindergarten Teacher was the first movie I worked with a female director, Sarah. Um, and she actually won Sundance with the movie. So that was really exciting. But um, that was one thing with the women, finding the women and building a community together to empower them and, and help them find opportunities that weren't available for them before. But the other one was kind of bridging the community, the Arab-Israeli Jewish-Muslim community. So, so cool. yeah, we have a big organization. We've been around for about two years. And um, it's growing, and it's really, it's really special. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You were... You were you played a role as a Muslim woman in NCIS. Is yeah, that right? I played Afghani. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I, had to learn Afghani. I watched, I watched that episode. Yeah. We watched it at our dad's house. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a small role. Yeah, yeah. it was funny because cool. it was it was um, I was getting different roles and I was like, this is not what I want to play. So I told my manager, I, I need to do something different. So I dyed my hair black, and then I started Whoa. getting Middle Eastern roles. So I was playing. I got to play um, an Iraq um, an Iraqi woman in a short and then um ncis i play afghani i played an iranian diplomat i had to learn some farsi so i had like a really interesting few years when my hair was black That's and awesome. i was doing all these yeah because i was speaking a little bit arabic um so that was cool so cool yeah, yeah. so what are you doing this week in las vegas you, you're here now you're going home tonight you said mm -hmm. and then you're coming back on tuesday so what are the, what's what's in vegas this week for you so this week on Wednesday, I was part of the Italian-American Film Festival. They had a really nice dinner, and they were honoring me for the Independent Spirit Award for a producer. Really beautiful award. Um, and then on Thursday, I was part of a live panel with um, Dr. Robert Goldman. He's a wonderful guy. Um, he... Is really generous spirit. He's uh, grew up in New York, really poor, and and created kind of an empire in the um, health and wellness and and also athlete kind of world. And um, it was him and two other ladies, and we kind of shared our stories and successes and how we became, you know, who we are and what we do and how we give back. A lot of it. They're all very generous with their money and time and. And they lift others. So it was just a beautiful panel on Thursday. And then yesterday, um, we had an award show for the Mega Action and Film Film Festival. And um, they honored me 
with the Impact Award for producer for Peace for the work I do with Women Creating Change awesome. and then the Female Producer of the Year. So that Yay, was really Mazalto. cool. Yeah, That's thank so you. exciting. And then on Tuesday, I'm here for Tony Robbins. I'm doing Business Mastery with <gasps> like so cool. all the CEOs of like Lyft and Airbnb, like yeah. amazing companies because I'm, I want to take my business to the next step. So I'm doing That's a week so cool. of I've business I've always wanted courses. to do Tony yeah. Robbins. I love him. I'm, uh, I listen to him often and I've attended two of his other seminars. So Oh, really? I would yeah. love to do that. I'll He's, tell you more if you want. Yeah. The, his documentary on Netflix is really... Yeah. I didn't know guru. so much about him before I watched it. I mean, you know his name, of course. Everyone knows mm-hmm. who he is. But watching that like was really inspiring. His work is powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, a big believer about... Taking courses and educating yourself and always growing. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious about this woman creating change. Like who who are you? To, who who do you target with that mm-hmm. organization? Um. So our focus is in entertainment and female filmmakers from the Middle East and North Africa. So Amazing. we opened it to Afghanistan and Pakistan too because I got some women that are like, "Can we come?" And I was like, "Of course." First of all, you're Muslim, but. This is the community we want to build. So we have, I remember our first meeting, how it all started is I started to host small dinners and kind of meetings in my in my living room. And I only knew a lot of men from the Middle East, but not as women. And I asked them to bring the women. And I remember one night, it was about 16 of us, and we had Syrian and Lebanese and Egyptian and Iranian and Iraqi and Moroccan and Tunisian and Palestinians and Israeli kind of all sitting in my living room talking That's about... Amazing how can we live differently and how can we be a stand in the community for something good and use our platform as filmmakers, you know, to make a difference, to show that it is possible. Maybe it's harder back home, but here it is possible. And if we can become that person in our community to show that we can do things differently and focus on what brings us together and what unite us instead of all the divides and, you know, religion and the conflicts because we're so similar. So these these kind of meetings in my house grew to um, to the organization. We had a launch um, event November 2017 of about 120 women, a whole day of workshops wow, and awesome. um, roundtables and panels and screenings. And it was really beautiful. And I realized that's kind of the power of community when you sure. offer things for them and and. They were so grateful, and I felt like so in part. By are these the people community. now kind of? Some people are doing projects together. Yeah, and they're collaborating, collaborating, and I think that's yeah. the core, kind of creating that friendships. Cool. So we do a lot of social events, a lot of kind of hanging out, becoming friends, so we can trust each other. There's a lot of a big element of trust that comes before um, anything, you know, and breaking down biases and stuff that you're brought up with. You know, a lot of our bias just has come. It, it's just a result of our environments that we grow up in and they're, mm-hmm. it's not even like a harmful bias necessarily, but then it's when you're meeting someone and breaking down a thought that you had and realizing that that's not true for everyone. That's like a, that's powerful yeah. too. I remember I was the first Israeli, some of these ladies met and they've been living in the States wow. and we're like, we never met an Israeli before. And I remember a um, few months in, I had a, I was giving someone a ride home and we're sitting in my car and we got into this conversation about Jerusalem being the capital of Israel. And it was oh. a two-hour conversation because she was like, no, Tel Aviv is the capital of Israel. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> and we, it was just so interesting to hear that other perspective of like, she was so convinced that Tel Aviv is, and I was, and I'm convinced that Jerusalem is, right? But it was just, and also kind of listening to the other side, because obviously there's a victim on both sides and it's just being an opening for, to hear people's stories. And, yeah. You know? Creates so much understanding. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So on that same note, because we were talking about diversity in religion, um, how has your work or do you have anything in your work that really ties you, that keeps you rooted to Judaism? Um, yeah, I think you can really separate it. First of all, my me being Israeli is something that it's a huge part of my life. And everywhere I go, it's... I feel like the first year I moved here, I was like, I'm an ambassador of Israel. I never chosen to be that. But I feel like it's I have to carry that no matter where I go, because it's so important to me. So um, but yeah, definitely with the poetry, I have a few poems like Shabbat that talks about my background and growing up in a Jewish home. We're very traditional. Um, we had Friday Shabbat every night, every Friday. We weren't allowed to miss it until I was like 18. There was like, you're not allowed to not be there. Um, and also some of my projects. Um, I'm working on a few movies. Lansky's one, which is um, about Meyer Lansky, the Jewish gangster. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I worked, it's actually an Israeli director. I did his first movie and he, his dad interviewed Meyer Lansky um, back in Florida. And it's, uh, it's actually a brilliant story because he moved from Russia to New York. Brilliant uh, numbers guy. And He's uh, is, he was a big supporter of Israel, and he was giving a lot of money to the Jewish community. And Golda Meir and him had a relationship, and he actually wanted to move to Israel, try to get refuge over there um, when he got in trouble here in the states. And Golda Meir couldn't let him in. Um, so there's a lot of elements of Judaism, and he was helping um, with the Nazis. And back in the 1940s in New York, when they were trying to come in. There's like an epic scene in our script about that. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like um, the Irina Sandler story that I'm still we're still trying to make, hopefully in the next year or so. Um, So there's a yeah, there's a a big part of that. That's wherever I go. Yeah. Does your big picture goal um, or life plan, I should say, find you ever back in Israel or what do you think you're? based in it i mean you've been in la a long time now yeah i so. have about 12 years 13 years i know my mom asked me that all the time <laughs> i feel like my entire family is like so when are you coming home i feel like now they accepted it that i'm here especially because i have a solid career yeah but until like a few years ago they were convinced i'll come back um <laughs> yeah and i was like mom you shouldn't say that because like you should tell me you sh- i should stay here and like follow Live my dreams dream. and yeah <laughs> she's like no come home i miss you <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. I don't have the answers yet. I yeah. feel like when I have kids, things might change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't answer that. Yeah. But I, mean, I would Israel, love to spend a big time of my, yeah. you know, the year in Israel. The year, that would be ideal, mm-hmm. right? The <clears throat> I was just there recently in May, and um, I just love... It just reminds me in Vegas of Vegas in a lot of ways, which is weird, but it's just such an evolving place. It's always changing, and I love that. Mm. I love living in a place or being in a place like that. But it's been cool to see all the changes and the growth. And yeah, I would say Tel Aviv is like 
Either Miami. I like to pitch it as New York with the better weather and a beach. Yes. <laughs> like the food is amazing. The, the beach is like amazing. so nice. You can actually go in the water, not like in L.A. and enjoy it. Yeah. And you're so, so close awesome. to everything. And you have so many different climate climates. Yeah. You have um, the mountains and you have the ocean and you have the desert and you have the Sea of Galilee and Jerusalem yeah, it's has its own weather. Place. So, yeah, a lot of spirituality yes. as well. Love that. You have all of our questions. Well, so the uh, well the, the last question I'm I'm putting it on Instagram. But, um, <laughs> sorry, the the I only have one more question really, but in um, and that is, what do you want the world to know about your work and advice that you would give to someone who is on a similar career path? Let's start with the first one and then think about the second one. I Again, wanted, I wanted to add because spe- specifically, I can I can't speak today specifically because I feel like you are. I don't mean this in the der- derogatory way. Like you're like a hustler. Like you are work. You every time I see you on social media, I'm like yeah. she's working so hard, yeah. and she's like, this is how you make a name for yourself. Like you have to work this hard, and so so the first part of the question was, but I'll chime in that it's cool that you're working so hard, not chasing money work. Like mm, you're right. chasing your dreams and your goals. That is the coolest thing yeah, to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So the first part of the question was, what do you want the world to know about your work? The second part is what advice would you have for someone on this similar career path? So that's first. The okay. first. Right, what do I want the world to know about my work? Hmm. I feel like I talk a lot about our platform as artists and the responsibility we have to promote good and focus on the posit- positive messages and the unity and not the hatred. And I try to do that often, um, even in my speech yesterday, I was like, what can I offer to a room where we're about 200 or 250 people? And I was like, what can I focus on? And I feel like as artists, our platform and voice is such a, you know, creating meaningful work is key. And I try to do that through the movies I choose now more. I felt like in the beginning, I was just needed to build my name, so I will take whatever. And it's not like things were conflicting with my beliefs or ideals but it wasn't really my taste a lot of the times it was just the investor's taste and now I chase projects that are aligned with the stories I want to tell like a private war I wanted to make a movie or be a part of a movie that first of all showcased strong and powerful women and it talks about Marie Colvin which is the cor- which was the correspondence um, of the Sunday Times to the Middle East she got killed in Syria reporting and she just fought for her truth and she was like I'm going to give voice to people that have no voice because no one was reporting that and we were nominated for two Golden Globes for Best Actress for Rosamund Pike and Best Song uh, Annie Lennox and I felt like that that is the reason why I'm here you know I'm not here because I was saying I don't want to live in LA if I don't I'm not in the industry and doing what I want it's not worth it to me, right? Like the sacrifice of being away from my family and and not being, you know, close to them is just, it's not worth it. And I realized that if I'm able to help tell these stories and shine light on people that have no voice is just, first of all, it's it makes all the difference in my world. Um, and also with the poetry, I feel like it was such a contradicting thing for me to come out with a book of poetry that is so vulnerable and so... A little bit dark, you know, because my 
image in Hollywood at the moment is like this financier that raise money and make movies happen and business person. And then I shared my book and I knew that it might be sabotaging that career a little bit because, you know, when you deal with millions and millions of dollars, in my head, I felt like, oh, my investor would be like, oh, but she has this book and she wants to do poetry. So maybe she's not as focused on business. But I felt like... It was my responsibility to show that we all go through things in life, that maybe what I show on social media and the successes and then my personal life, I was going through like a journey that took me a little bit to the dark side. But because of that, I grew to become much stronger this year. So I felt like I was responsible to also show that side of who I am, the vulnerability and the a little bit of the dark and heartache and who I am and my core, which I'm very sensitive, actually, uh, person, not that tough Israeli that have been to the military. You know, I have that sensitive side, too. So and I actually received a lot of great feedback that of people felt like they can relate to me now because now I'm vulnerable. Before that, it was kind of out of reach and people were like, oh, it's hard to connect with you. It feels like you're there. And I was like, OK, that was really good feedback because now... I'm working on two more books. Um, One is going to come out in 2020, and um, I'm not afraid anymore. So it was a growing experience. More poetry books? I am. Uh, One is called Facing North. Um, It's the next kind of stage in my life about finding your voice and your path. And one in Hebrew. Oh, awesome. Yeah, poetry book in Hebrew. Suddenly, all these poems came to me in Hebrew, and I was like, what happened to all my English? Because I was working on the second one, and I couldn't write in English anymore. So I was like, okay, maybe the universe is putting me on this path to write some Hebrew. I always ask people that. Like, do you think in your native language, or do you think in English when they have, you Mm -hmm. know, English as a second language? It's such an interesting thought to me, because I only speak English. (laughs) What's really confusing is when you're trying to study Hebrew, but you learned Spanish in high school and then you start like they, they become mixed and you're and you're like you're you're trying to like say my name is and all of a sudden you're like it's like in Hebrew Spanish and you're like because you're just not I'm not good at either. Mm. So I remember getting to a point where I was like, OK, I have to like take everything I learned about every other language <laughs> and put it away if I'm going to learn Hebrew because it was confusing me. Oh, it's like totally. Marty in Israel. But I think everyone going gracias, through that. Gracias, All over Israel. I'm like, we're not. <laughs> I know. Because I'm learning uh, French and suddenly I say things in Spanish because when I was serving, we're all everyone was in the kitchen was speaking Spanish. So I learned Spanish and now I'm like, why am I saying Spanish things <laughs> in my French class? It's like, yeah, I totally get That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> So I, I really, really like this this child that is growing inside me, God willing, um, to have another language. Uh, I think that's really important, and I wish that I would have been raised with something else. I'd like it to be Hebrew, but the reality is I'm probably not going to have a Hebrew nanny. I mean, Hebrew Israeli nanny mm-hmm. or a, a nanny that speaks fluent Hebrew. I'd be really that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna have a nanny at all. Put it out but, into the world. Yeah. <laughs> Like bring one from Israel. Yeah. There's Israelis that will come I, I, to the I states. Read about that. Uh, what's it called? Only An to be nanny. I have a cantor salary, so <laughs> yeah. But oh, parent, it might be an option. You we'll might see. not have to pay them much. You just give them like board and room and food. Maybe you, I. It's you should look I, into it. I should look into it. I should <laughs> look into it. But I really would like. Um, like I'm definitely going to use a lot of Hebrew words in the beginning and. Um, I, I see that cute like Hebrew children's books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's PJ Library that's all in Hebrew also. Uh-huh. So. We'll see how that goes because I, I really think it's important to to give that to a child because it makes it easier to kind of communicate around the world if you have that when you're young. Because mm-hmm. when you're older, it's like trying to put it's a foreign harder. language in your brain is much harder. impossible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, much harder. Yeah. 
What was the second part? Oh, of your the question? second part of the question was: advice. What advice do you have for someone who's on a similar career trajectory? Um, I think two things. Um, one, I am a big believer of saying yes to things, even when you think you're not ready or you might not be the best person for the job. Like. What led me to where I'm at, I think, is because I was saying yes to things, even though I was terrified or I had no idea what I was doing. But I just realized earlier on that I'll never really be 100% ready for opportunities. And kind of stepping in and, and saying yes changed the game for me. Um, so I think that is one. And also following your heart. And I think that kind of connects to my poetry as well. It's just... Because people will always say, oh, my God, you're doing so many things and put you in a box and you don't fit to the box that Hollywood sees you as a producer because I still act and people see me as a producer now. And I, I'm also a big believer that if you're good at what you do, you can dictate the shape and size of the box. I said that yesterday, too, on stage. I was like, put the time into your craft and become good at what you do. And I made sure that my book was in the standards of all my other work. I'm not putting things out there in the world that I don't think are solid. So I hired the right people and I took classes suddenly of like out of nowhere of poetry. Um, so I think these two things kind of follow your heart, listen to it and make sure it, it kind of answers your heart. Like, you know, something deeper um, within because that's kind of a gift that we need to share with the world. Um, and then saying yes. It sounds like you also put yourself out there a lot to be able to say yes. You've been, you're very open and you're open to um, new experiences and new journeys. So mm -hmm. I think that goes along with it too is, you know, being honest and putting yourself out there and mm -hmm. then you're able to say yes when those things come knocking come. at your door. Yeah. And I think also believing, right? Like having faith. I think I grew, my spiritual side grew so much in the past few years um, through meditation, but also with God, I were talking a little bit earlier about how Israelis sometimes take God kind of for granted because we were born into it and everyone is Jewish and you speak Hebrew. So I felt like being here and being so far away from it is just and also being in Hollywood, right? Like you try to ground yourself into something. Being in Hollywood is like almost like being in Israel. There's like the same amount of Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'm talking about superficiality, right? Know, it's yeah. like, how do you become how do you protect yourself from that and kind of protect your voice, your inner voice and who you are at your core when there's so much noise around you? Right. So I think my work or like my daily, weekly routine is more about working on me first. Awesome. And the stronger I become, everything else kind of yeah, happens really and falls is. into place. So, yeah. That's okay, so I have thing. to ask. Sorry to yeah, if okay. you had something coming. So you meditate yeah, I meditate Daily. every morning. Mm -hmm. I'm so interested to talk to people about meditation because I want to be a person who meditates every morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I try it. And I started small. You know, I know I'm, I, you don't just start sit down one day and like are doing transcendental mm -hmm. meditation like off the bat. Um, and I follow an app and do like five minutes and ten minutes. But I don't, why doesn't it? I can't like it doesn't stick. Yeah. Do you use like the Keva? Like do you use any fixed prayer in your meditation or you just have quiet? So it changes every day. So I had that idea too in my head for many years. I was like, I want to be that person. Yeah. Well, when you think, when you hear like other interviews of very successful people, and so mm -hmm. I like the, a common denominator between a lot of people mm -hmm. is they meditate. Yeah. yeah, we know someone who's a hundred years old, and he looks 
80 years old. Goes mm-hmm. to his office every day and works. Yeah. Wow, I love He's amazing. That. And he, 25 minutes morning and night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at night. He, he swears I need to do more night meditations. So that journey started, I think, years ago, but it was really hard to shut my brain off. And I was like, how do I do that? How do I sit there? But I feel like I started exploring. So I was doing walking meditations. Mm, and then I actually discovered the artist way. So I was doing journaling as well, which is a different type of kind of yes. meditation every morning. And for eight years, I write 30 minutes a day in the morning, three pages. Oh, that's and cool. so I sometimes I start with write. meditation and then I do the artist way. Sometimes I do artist way and then do meditation. But I do a lot um, the Oprah Deepak Chopra app. Mm-hmm. So they have 21 day um, meditation challenge and they come up with different programs and themes. Uh-huh. And it's this, this I'm, I'm on day 20 right now, now on their new program, which is Miraculous Relationships. So they have a theme for each day. And they kind of walk you through it. And then I'm literally pulling this up right now. Yeah, it's an app and it's great. So I do that. And then some mornings when I need some, um, visuals, how do you say that word? Visuals? Yeah. Like visualize. Okay. Yeah. Visual, visualize. Damn, I can't say that word. Oh, visualization. Yes. Visualization. I do, um, Tony Robbins priming, which is different. So more healing and, gratefulness and things like that. So I kind of combine it depends how I wake up in the morning. And I listen a lot to Abram Hicks. I don't know if you know who she is. Uh-uh. Abram Hicks. So her name is actually Esther Hicks. And she, it's weird. She channels Abram. But, um, oh my God, she's a life changer. Okay. Yeah, she talks Let's about um, our thoughts and focus. And I listen, I listen to things every day. I make sure I listen to at least one YouTube video of either Wayne Dyer or Abram Hicks or Tony or Brenda Burchard or so many or Oprah. And then I sometimes do TED Talks or I'll do audio. Yeah. So it's a lot of awesome. that. A lot of we have to program growth. our brain yeah. every day to listen to positive messages. So I need that. It I started at like crime. Temple Menorah. I used to, I used to have my um, my Sunday ritual after I taught. I used to go to the beach, ride down, like ride oh, for thirty it's minutes, so pretty there, and then do an hour walk back to like Palos Verdes and back, listening to like TED talks or whatever, some some some, some type of positive messages, and then meditate. And I used to do yeah. it every oh, Sunday. It, it's funny that you're talking about the the writing because I always forget about that 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 can be part of the meditation process when. I was really struggling in grad school. I was really overwhelmed financially and work-wise. And um, one of the requirements was a, a Musar class. So for anyone that doesn't know about Musar, um, it's this, it is a, is a Jewish um, reflective practice where there are the 18 attributes that we look at, things like compassion and gratefulness and things like that. And uh, we were put into groups. And every Sunday you had to meet with your group. And then throughout the week, you had to write on that theme of the week or that trait of the week mm-hmm. um, and uh, of the midot. And I didn't even realize that it was happening, but like it changed my life doing that writing exercise and then talking about how that role, that attribute played a, a role in my life during that week, during the week. Um, and there are like local Musar classes and stuff that you can find. Cause I think it's like a beautiful practice and people always think, Oh, it's with Judaism. It's hard. Like I have to learn Hebrew. I have to go to services. I have to, this is like a practice where you, you write about, okay, my, my theme this week is gratefulness. And that's what you write about all week, what you're grateful for. That's amazing when you look back on and say, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like, this was moving like my life is yeah. Really good. yeah but also and That's the walking cool. as well like walking i think podcasts yeah. in general have like opened a door for meditative walking mm-hmm. at least for me like 
I can be so stressed, but if I just turn on a podcast that is soothing to me and mm-hmm. go for a walk, yeah. 30 minutes later, I'm like, feel oh, I amazing. feel a lot better. Yeah. I, I mean, I now that I have Oakley, a dog, I mean, I that's like a big joy of each day. I look forward to, I don't walk him every day. Marty and I trade off, but um, I get so excited to like put in my headphones, walk him. I, cause I love my neighborhood and mm. it's, and I like to think about when I'm walking, I'm look, stare at him. I'm grateful for him. I stare at like the trails. I'm grateful yeah. for that. So it's totally something. Gratefulness I, is such a huge, huge thing. I wake up every morning and I sometimes sit in my bed and I'm like, thank you God. That thank I'm you. awake. Just for everything, yeah. right? Like the small things everything. we take for granted and it's a practice. It didn't come easily to me, but like there's so many days that I'm like, you need reminders of mm-hmm. the good things, right? Like we wake up with our worries from the day before yes. and it blends into the day and kind of recreates that. And we need to, he talks, Abraham yeah. Hicks talks a lot about that. I uh, That has actually helped me thinking about gratefulness has helped me. I've always kind of enjoyed working out more than, you know, I'm, I'm not spent to the dieting part, but I, <laughs> but I love to work out. And so then I started to enjoy it even more when I started to be grateful that I even could work out and that I have all my functioning abilities and arms and limbs and you know like I'm like wow not everyone can physically do this so mm-hmm. I think when you're grateful for things you start to really love them even more mm-hmm. grateful for your friends or your family so yeah. and one more thing I'll tell you because you're <laughs> saying you were struggling with meditation because Tony Robbins talks about about that a lot it's like it's not about what your shoulds it's your musts and what becomes a must in your life, you do. We don't right. do our shoulds. So for me, I was like, my must is working out every day. It's yeah. meditating every day and it's journaling oh, every day, I no like matter that. what. So I do it first thing in the morning before yeah, the world kind of yeah. wants everything else from you. And it's it's just a small shift, but it's individual for every person. Yeah. But like sh- transferring your shoulds into That's must. Interesting. That's true. Love that. Mm-hmm. I actually got, this is the last thing on this topic I'll throw out, but I got shout out to panda planner i got this planner where when you open it to start writing out your day or tasks your thing it's set up in a way where you have to because i guess a lot of people bullet journal i don't really know much about our mom does it but um this planner like the first three things you need to do is list the three things you're grateful for then the three things you're excited about your focus of the day your exercise of the day and then you get into writing your priorities and then the page next to it is all your tasks. and i just love how it's laid out because it lets you get those things out and then you can start thinking about like your boring to-do list or your work priorities and so it's really cool I've Mm -hmm. been I've been really enjoying it oh I love that and I love to look back I'm like oh that was yeah I was excited for that or I am grateful for that Mm -hmm. so my dog is on the list every day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but that's your must right your dog gets your morning yeah, time you know yeah, it's like true. that's the difference that's true um i was when you were speaking about the fear like jumping past the fear like jumping in and even even though you have the fear um i had in my head um the like the, the whole world is a narrow bridge the most important thing is not to be afraid like we have yeah, to stay so on this true. path and like we can't let the fear stop us from taking a leap. I know a handful of people in my life right now that cannot move forward in their life and are stuck because they're afraid. And I've been there. I was there in cantorial school where I was like, I'm, I'm going to give up. This is too much. I can't do mm-hmm. it. Um, I was like in this process of fertility. Like there's so many moments in our life, these, these, these stopping points where like we could stop and turn around, but if we challenge ourselves and we face the fear, 
what will happen on the other side and the potential mm. that's on the other side of it. So when you were saying that, I was like, yeah. I mean, that applies to every career, every life decision. Thing, life everything. is supposed to be kind of scary and we have to, and like, that's the thing about what's coming up. We have the high holidays coming up mm-hmm. and the days of awe of like, we are supposed to stand in awe of our lives and what our yeah. potential is. So it's, I, it was very good advice and it made me think of, mm. you know, that's we should all be facing the, those fears and, and taking giant steps yeah. and it's about growth the thing at the end of the growth, day so. right mm-hmm. we have to grow because if not we don't die but like we kind of die inside yeah. right like yeah. if you don't have anything to look forward that excites you right right, right. I love totally. how deep this is I know <laughs> okay I see a marvelous Mrs. Maisel bag over ha. there yeah I love that show. I love it's that show, show too. I was going to say, like, do you have the bag because you worked on the show? Oh, no, I wish. <laughs> Dude, no, but I met her a few times because we did oh. the Golden Globes together. Because, like, when you have things nominated, you kind of go through all the events together and you keep seeing yeah. each other everywhere. So I got to talk to her a few times. Awesome. And she's super, um, yeah, um, wonderful so and much so talent talented. on that show. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. We love mm-hmm. it. Um, I wanted to put a little shout out for, and I didn't ask permission for this or anything, but um, uh, yeah, <laughs> you didn't talk to me, the big I, boss. Yeah, the big boss. <laughs> um, so if you want to sponsor any of our podcasts, uh, feel free to, to contact us via Instagram or however. We are looking for sponsors and we want to we want to try out your stuff and then like talk about how awesome it is because we've been giving a lot of free sponsorship on a lot of things because <laughs> um, we, lo- we, you know, we like what we like. Um, so if that's something you're interested in um, or you just love us and you want to sponsor the show and yeah, you want actually, to keep going because it's getting expensive so <laughs> <laughs> i actually need to read now it's finally out um my the uh, nine to five it's not a nine to five but my full-time job is i sell stuff and one of my <laughs> wholesale and one of i uh, do it for a few different publishers and one of them now has a book called so you want to start a podcast yeah I'm like okay mm. I already started it so what chapter should I start yeah. on in this book shout out but to I Alex to who makes it. sure that we have a podcast yeah um, <laughs> so there's that and the other thing is if you if there's a topic that you want us to cover that you think would be interesting for us yeah, to discuss or if you, there's a person that. that you think should be on the show that you think we might be able to get in touch with like we are open we are about to this is our ninth episode we're going to reach our 10th next week time we meet uh and it's to be determined who that's going to be or what that's going to be but we want to keep growing it yeah, and it's I think been so fun been for really us fun. so we hope it's fun for other people yeah so um yeah help us uh, grow our following and and our good job uh, i podcast. approve i approve this message okay <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> all right cool. all right so where can everyone find you or read you or all that? Uh, my book is on Amazon and bookstores. So you can go into bookstores and request it. But it's on Amazon and my website. Um, Tell us the name again. LeeBroda.com. Very easy. Um, and then all my social media is LeeBroda. Like Twitter, Instagram. I share my poetry on Instagram and all the movie announcements. And uh, yeah, next one, I have one movie coming out called The Pretenders in the uh, beginning of of September. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and another one called The Informer that will be all, all over theaters um, very soon. So awesome. that's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. Right. Check it out. <laughs> Thank cool. you, Lee. Thank you so much. You. It was so fun <laughs> just to even see you. I know. It's been a few years. So yes. <laughs> the things that bring us together. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Lahitraot. See you soon. Or talk to you soon. We want to give special thanks to our producer, Alex Hill, Becky Mann for our amazing intro, 
and the CNT Shabatones for their musical talents on Oys and Joys and our outro. And thank you to you, our listeners, who we are so excited to share stories and create content for. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It will help us greatly. And follow us on Instagram at Sisterhood Podcast. Toda for joining us on Sisterhood. We hope you have.